Get to the Big Finish sales event going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from, including the all-new 2022 Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Good morning, everybody. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing terrific, Patrick. How about yourself? Doing all right. Uh, I, we uh, we had yet another week where uh, the wins weren't there for the Blackhawks, but we had some interesting things happen with Marion Hosa signing that one-day contract, retiring as a Blackhawk, and then the announcement that his uh, number 81 would go to the rafters at the United Center at a game next season, we thought about the question of which Blackhawks, current or former, are worthy of having their jerseys retired. And uh, I'll start with you. From this cup contending and from the, from the, uh, the cup winning teams of 10, 13, and 15, who are, who are slam dunk jerseys that you will end up seeing in the rafters at the United Center? Well, we're still watching two of them play, obviously, right? So right. Taves and Kane, Kane and Taves, however you want to say it, they're they're definitely going in. Um, I, you know, I, I see we can make the case for Corey Crawford, but I still remember all his phone calls that he, you know, yeah, you got to get rid of this guy; he's going to kill us. You got to get rid of Crow. You know, he, he was outstanding for his first cup. He wasn't here for the Hawks' first cup of the three, right? Right. Um, but boy, when you when you're the goaltender, principal goaltender for two cups, the most important position still on the ice, right? I, I think you can certainly make that case, but I I don't think he's a slam dunk. Um, I think we saw you know we, well the, the year prior to him winning the, his first cup here with the Blackhawks, he wasn't very good, right? So I think a lot of Hawks fans were pretty nervous because they had tasted victory once, the Stanley Cup once, and they thought this guy was going to be the reason they didn't win anymore, but he was one of the main reasons they won the second one. So I think you can make a case for him. Guys like Hammer, I, you know, you love him tough as nails, and he's still got bruises from some of the shots he blocked. But those guys don't really get recognized, do they? It's always – it's either what – you know, the gaudy offensive numbers or the gaudy goal-saving numbers that, that get rec- recognized. And, and Marion Hosa, I mean – he was as much a culture guy as he was a difference maker on the ice, right? I mean, Patrick Kane talked about how he realized how important it was to be to be a two-way player because Marion Hosa came here and, and pretty much showed him that, that you had to be that guy. He was the perfect player for that team in, in 2009 when he came to, in 2010 uh, just for the the fact that there were high draft picks, guys like Taves, guys like Kane, who were at the beginning of their career – to see how he goes about preparing for a game, how, like you said, he played the 200-foot game. Uh, he was the, the perfect blueprint of what you would like a NHL player uh, to perform. And uh, so to me, you know, like he was probably 
a Hall of Famer, certainly on the cusp before he even got to Chicago. I mean, he played 11 years. He put, Remember, he played in uh, three consecutive Stanley Cup finals with Pittsburgh, with Detroit, and then with the Blackhawks, and he finally won in, in 2010. So, you know, I think he's certainly deserving up there. I, I, I think Seabrook and Chelios, I think the number seven, will go up there next. I think on, on, on separate nights, you could see uh, a, a Chris Chelios being honored and then, uh, you know, uh, g- give that some time to breathe a little bit and then Brent Seabrook having his night as well. But when we start getting into this in, in Chicago, uh, you know, there's especially when you win three cups in six seasons, there's there's a lot of complimentary pieces to that. You know, they're, they're Patrick Sharps. There's the, like you mentioned, Jalmerson. Uh, like, I, I don't think Corey Crawford is ever going to have his number retired at the United Center. And, and I honestly don't I, – I think number retirements um, should be kind of held sacred. I think that per, that player, you know, should be, in the case of the Blackhawks, a Hall of Famer. So that, that might end up being the litmus test of who gets to be uh, – have their number retired is whether or not – you get the the call from the Hall of Fame in Toronto. I think I lost Brian. Uh, but, you know, the, the other question that – conversation that, that happens all the time is whether or not Steve Larmer should be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, Brian, you saw Steve Larmer play uh, up close and personal. Why do you think he has not reached the Hall of Fame? And do you think he ever will? Well, you know, what's the, the, the best uh, ability is availability. And Dan Tastic tweeted uh, to us immediately yesterday when we put the subject out on, on Twitter, right? I played every game for 11 seasons and, you know, said he's probably the most underappreciated uh, player for the Blackhawks. And I, I know my buddy Barry Rosner would, would love to write that Hall of Fame speech for him, right? Yeah. Um, and and truly, those Blackhawk teams were held back by the great Edmonton Oilers teams. I mean, many people believe Blackhawks would have hoisted the cup, but for Wayne Gretzky doing what he did up in Edmonton. So, you know, you can certainly make that argument. And I, I do believe he's very underappreciated when you come to Blackhawks history because they didn't win. You know, whether it was because Edmonton or not, the fact is they didn't win. And when you start talking about retiring numbers – Unlike up uh, up on the north side, where the '69 Cubs are beloved and and you know did make uh, multiple guys made the Hall of Fame, that was a, the team always going to be remembered for the Great Collapse for not winning when they should have, right? Right. So I would make I would make the case for Steve Armour. Another one that that you know could be on the cusp is is Jeremy Roenick. Um, you know, 513 goals over 1,300 NHL games. He had 267 of those goals in eight seasons with the Hawks, including those back-to-back 50-goal seasons in the 90s. Uh, how about how about a ring of honor for the the next the the next group, like the group we're talking about right now: the Crawfords, the Jalmersons, uh, the Patrick Sharps. Um, if Seabrook's not, you know, retired, he would definitely be in that group as well. Could you see the Blackhawks? going the ring of honor route and uh, honoring some of their players like an Andrew Shaw, who was part of two cups, but uh, you know, maybe is not quite worthy of 
having his jersey retired? You know, I was thinking the same thing uh, because the Yankees have this, you know, kind of issue, right? And and the Dallas Cowboys, you get to the point where you can't retire just from a practical point of view. Right. You can't retire numbers, right? You need numbers for, to go on the on the sweaters. So yeah, the Ring of Honor that again attests to three cups in six years because all those guys played a part, and some of them played huge parts, but yet don't rise to that level of being a, a retired number. So. I'm with you. I mean, I think a ring of honor is a terrific idea. And I think people would love to spend time. One first time I went out to Yankee old Yankee stadium, right. When I was covering the white Sox, first thing I did was walk, walk across the uh, outfield and go out to the, uh, to the Mon- um, monument park. Absolutely. I mean, you had to do it right. That's the beeline right for it. And even though I grew up a Cubs fan, not an American league fan, that that would be a terrific experience uh, for the Hawks to put together like a mini museum somewhere within uh, the United Center, and to be a, a first stop for you know for certainly people making their first trip to the United Center, right? Be just to relive and have the video montages and everything else to go along with it. Your mini Hall of Fame, like your own Blackhawks Hall of Fame. And let's be honest, when you're in a rebuild, you're more likely to hold on to the past and to celebrate what has happened because things aren't, you know, necessarily going as uh, swimmingly on the ice. Uh, well, that's why, the, that's why the Cubs commercials are all about the Wrigley Field experience. This place right. is special, right? Exactly. Because the Frank Schwindel commercial wasn't going to get the tickets sold. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. The other night, I, I'm, I'm going to the United Center, and I'm leaving at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I look over at a light, and I see a car with two Blackhawks fans in full uh, Blackhawks regalia. And I'm like, man, four and a half hours before face-off. That's what, dedication. What, that's yeah. that's that's impressive. I mean, the traffic's bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> and then I realized they were going down for Hosa's uh, celebration in the yeah. atrium where he's going to sign that one-day contract. He was there with Rocky Wirtz, and our buddy Adam Burrish was uh, handling the uh, MCing duties. And uh, and then, you know, it was announced a little bit later on during the game that the 81 would be retired. It, it, it When I saw that many people, and we're talking – we're not just talking hundreds. There were well over a thousand people in this atrium to celebrate Hosa. You, you realize how beloved these guys are. And, and in Chicago, we tend to uh, talk a lot about statues. <laughs> Certainly, <laughs> uh, and, and who is statue worthy and where are we going to put it? And uh, and I, I, mean, I think we both know that we'll, we'll see a, a Kane and Taves statue someday at the United Center. We will also probably see a Duncan Keith statue. Um, but I, I thought another way, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying about Yankee Stadium and Monument Park, I like what the White Sox did to honor, you know, some of the people, uh, uh, players of 05, with that White Sox World Series monument outside of guaranteed rate. Uh, like, on that monument, you've got, like, Jeff Blum, Orlando Hernandez, uh, Juan Uribe, and uh, and Joe Creedy. I mean, also Paul Konerko as well. But like, not not everybody. Like Jeff Blum is never going to be discussed, other than his home run in, right. in the World Series against Houston. You um, know, they went through they went through three closers that season, right? Right. Everyone uh, remembers big, you know, bad Bobby Jenks, but Shingo, you know, 
Yeah. And uh, Hermanson, right? Dustin yep. Hermanson. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me tapping into White Sox Weekly a little bit earlier. Oh, Connor. Connor's impressed. Connor is uh, is coming your way at 930 as the White Sox look back, look to rebound after uh, yesterday's tough loss to the Tigers. Again, White Sox Weekly will come your way at 930. But your thoughts on uh, which current or former Blackhawks jerseys will be retired or deserve to be retired? 312-332-3776. I also have some Wolves tickets to give away in just a bit. I also want to ask you this question. Because of what Marion Hosa did as a Blackhawk and how he came here as a free agent, Brian, uh, who is the best free agent signing in Chicago sports history? And I think when you start looking team to team, A, you realize how – how lean, how lean the years have been. You could, you could do three hours on the worst free agent signings in Chicago <laughs> yeah, yes. history. Yes, that will be coming up on a, on a further edition of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of the hockey show. But, um, you know, when you look around, when you go to the, the north side, uh, John Lester obviously comes to mind as, as probably the greatest free agent signing for the Cubs. I, I would put Andre Dawson, uh, an honorable mention, the 1987 blank check yep. where uh, – the Hawk made his way to the north side. Who else belongs at least in that in that discussion? Boy, you know, you, as you as you said, you you look around and you look at the Bulls. Uh, good Lord, Nate Robinson's on the top five list, right? I mean, wow. it, it, the, the, the Bulls are it's a bleak. Uh, John Paxson's on that list. And God bless him for the shot. Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer was not on the list, but he was one of the, yeah, he wasn't, uh, in fact, a very uh, wealthy free agent uh, signing. He was, he was the runner up the year you didn't get LeBron and or D Wade, right? Right. You thought you were going to, you went to Cleveland to make the pitch to LeBron and you were having D Wade in for steak dinners in Chicago and you think you're going to get both and get Carlos Boozer. You were waiting to get D Wade a little bit later when (laughs) when he had completely lost his magic. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's bleak. I mean, you look even on the south side, you know, Jose Abreu, now, is he a free agent signing or international signing, right? Because that's uh, a, diff- a different category. But you could argue right now he's the best free agent signing or internet, however you want to say it, the best signing they, they've had in their history, right? If they, especially if they win something. Although, right. you know, yesterday gives you a little bit of a pause <laughs> when you had that one until you didn't. Um, but yeah, it's bleak. I mean, it's the Bears. Good Lord! I mean, when Lovey Smith uh, was you know, was sitting at uh, Julius Peppers' front door at this, you know, as soon as the uh, clock hit midnight, the first minute you could talk to him, he was signing a contract with a pile of money. Um, we we have a lot of uh, a lot of barren earth when it comes to, to Chicago sports free agents. So it's really it's really you know the Hawks and the uh, the Hawks are probably. Marion Hosa and John Lester and and you know beyond that it's it, there's a drop off right after that in my world. Yeah, I, I uh, the, the Peppers contract was ninety one and a half million dollars, and forty two of that was guaranteed. You remember, yeah, you, like you said, Lovey went down there. That was before the uh, NFL had the uh, the uh, tampering where you know legal tampering, right. Right. And, and and where Schefter breaks every story, we had uh, Lovey taking a flight to Charlotte and uh, standing on the doorstep of Pepper's house with a uh, with a contract in hand. Well, uh, one of those this... big, big Ed McMahon checks, you know, yeah, he pulled exactly. up in the van and the balloons, and here you go. 
Um, I've got I've got a a honorable mention for the Blackhawks for a, a, a free agent signing that a lot of people don't talk about. I'll give that to you coming up next. But first, I want to give away a four pack of Wolves tickets to tonight's game. Uh, the first place, Chicago Wolves. They are running away with the division. They are closing in on yet another. Calder Cup playoff appearance. They'll take on the second place, Manitoba Moose, at 7 o'clock at Allstate Arena. Uh, caller number 10 at 312-332-3776. Caller 10. Did you just retire Sharp's number? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, he's, But he's definitely going in my ring of honor. Uh, 312-332-3776. You've got a four-pack of Wolves t- tickets to tonight's game at the All-State Arena at 7 o'clock. We're coming back with more of the Hockey Show next on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Rolling on on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Coming up in uh, mere moments is White Sox Weekly with Connor McKnight as he takes you up to White Sox baseball as they take on the Detroit Tigers in the Motor City. Uh, We are discussing the greatest free agent signings in Chicago sports history with Marion Hosa. The announcement this past week that his number 81 will be retired. Honorable mentions, speaking of the White Sox, you could throw Jermaine Dye and A.J. Pruszynski into that discussion, couldn't you, Brian? Yeah, absolutely you could. Um, but, you know, when you think about Marion Hossa and John Lester, um, well, you know, they, they, they were not only great players and great talents, and, you know, the fact that John Lester, they, they put the full-court press on up north with the uh, – giving them the video where they, he envisioned, you know, a winning World Series with the Cubs, they, they put that all together – I mean, they changed the culture as much as they brought their talent to town, right? Again, we talked right. about Hosen, the two-way player. But John Lester, I mean, it, the, the first time I had a conversation with John Lester in the clubhouse, it was about like a 20-minute tutorial on baseball, and I could have sat there for three more hours just listening to him. You, I mean, the intensity and uh, just the guy, the presence of him, um, he, made, he made the north side a destination, right? And, and he, he made the young Cubs coming through the system, you know, he, he showed them what, what it was going to take to win a world series. So it's not only what he did when he took the ball every three or four days, it's um, it's what he meant inside the clubhouse. And I think Marion host is the same way. And certainly AJ Pruszynski was a presence in, in good or bad, or, you know, you knew he was there, right? It's right. And Jermaine Dye was on the other end where he just kind of kept to himself. and was quietly, Quietly, really, really good and, and great at times for the Chicago White Sox. So I, I have a, a, a free agent signing that came before Marion Hosa, and it came at a time when this Blackhawks team was not attracting free agents and was still considered to be in the, uh, you know, the, the bottom feeder category. I mean, yes, they had some talent in the pipeline, but nobody had any idea that, it would blossom into a, a mini dynasty in the uh, the salary cap era. But I'll go back to 2008 
Brian Campbell signed an eight-year contract as an unrestricted free agent for just over $7 million a year. And he had other contract offers on the table. And he decided to come to Chicago. And, you know, now he didn't put up the, the, the kind of numbers, the game-changing numbers that, like, say, a Marion Hosa did, obviously a different position playing defense. But I can tell you one thing. I always point to that Nashville series in 2010 and that game five where Kane scores uh, the shorthanded goal with 15 seconds or so to go. And then Hosa wins it in overtime when he comes out of the penalty box as the most important victory of the cup era. Because if they lose that game, they go down in the series and Nashville has the opportunity to close them out in their barn in game uh, six. But in game four, when that, that series was still hanging in the balance. Brian Campbell came back early from a broken collarbone. You'll remember in mid-March of 2010, Al hit Campbell and broke his collarbone. He's supposed to be out eight weeks. He comes back early. He comes back in game four and helped solidify that defense and help that defense in game five as well. So I really think Brian Campbell uh, deserves – some credit as far as being an important free agent signing that kind of paved the way for even a Marion Hosa to consider coming a couple of years later. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a really, uh, you make a great case because the fact that he didn't just go to the highest bidder, right. That he took less money tells you how much he wanted to be here and be, you know, to help win something here at the Blackhawks. And yet it's one of those things where when you start discussing, you know, I, I would, I, I'm old, but I didn't get to see Pierre Pilat or Glenn Hall. But everyone else that has had their number retired, I either grew up watching or I even covered Savvy, right? Um, and, right. But, but certainly with Bobby Hall, Stan Makita, Tony Esposito, and, and Marion Hosa. Um, when you start thinking of those great Blackhawks Stanley Cup teams, you eventually get to, to Sue Campbell. And yet I don't think people remember as well as you do the, the whys and hows he got here, right? And so it's uh, that's again makes a great argument for a ring of honor type of uh, way to to honor everyone who was a part of this thing because he it, it's it, it's a terrific argument that you make that without him maybe a lot of the dominoes don't fall after the fact. So I think we we've solved some issues here. We think uh, Keith Taves and Kane are slam dunks as the next jerseys to be retired. Uh, do we think Seabrook and Chelios is a fait accompli or, or is there still? Uh, some uncertainty in your mind that number seven will be up there. Um, and I covered Charlie and I love him. Uh, I, you know, guy who, who again played well into his forties and he, I mean, it's so it's unfortunate that he, you know, when he came back here with Detroit, he got booed every time he came on the ice, but, um, you know, they didn't win anything with Shelly. Um, and Seabrook, I mean, he was Mr. Playoffs, right? I mean, oh, he's he, Mr. Clutch. Yeah, absolutely. So Seabrook for sure. Shelly, uh, I mean, I love him. I don't take it the wrong way, but I, I don't know that if you're going to retire seven, I think it's for Seabrook, but I don't know, you know, maybe just because of recency and whatever. And the fact that he played and was beloved here before he put on the uh, Red Wing sweater that some people would want to see Chelly share that number. But that's tough because when you get the Pierre Pallad and Magnuson split three uh, on different eras, for sure. I, I just, it, it's, I think Seabrook for sure and Shelly, I'd have to think about it. 
Hawks back in action tomorrow night. Uh, Dale Talon will be in the booth with How about Pat that? Foley. How about this? Folks, it's Pat Foley's final three games in the TV broadcast booth. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and Thursday. So make sure you check it out. The Hall of Famer, after 39 years, is stepping away. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. I know you you probably have some great Dale Talon, Pat Foley stories from over the years being on oh, yeah, the road with The road with those guys, I mean, they kept you laughing on the planes and restaurants and bars, you know, post-game. And we... It's terrific being a part of that. I, I just I loved, loved being around those two guys. Thanks to our great sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park. Congratulations to Gary. He got the four-pack of Wolves tickets. Thanks to our producer, Jake Cantu. Uh, Brian, you have a great week. Up next, it's White Sox Weekly with Connor McKnight. That'll do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000.